Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In Hollywood, if somebody famous becomes a Christian, or somebody famous says, oh, well, I'm, be, I'm born again and I'm a Christian, the church goes ballistic. They have them come speak in their churches. They, you know, they put them on the speaking circuit and they're, you know, come on in, sit up front, you know, glad hand. Oh, I know this famous person, athlete, whoever it might be, just because they name the name of Christ. Just because you make a profession of faith, I believe that we need to wait and see a progression in faith before we have them come and speak and know they're Christians and because you don't know, you don't know. Give them some time. You don't know. How many times have we seen people one month they're a Christian and two months later they're like, man, I got, I got to go sell some albums, make some money and they go right back out in the world. I remember when little Richard, whoa, you remember, you remember, he became a Christian, and all little Richard's a Christian, and then people, somebody, I don't know who, but they ordained him to be a minister, and he was an ordained minister. A lady came up to me after service, I said this second service, a lady came up to me after second service and said that when he came to her church, and she said that it was terrible. She said it was terrible how we don't give people a time to grow in their faith. We don't give people who make a profession of faith. We don't give them time to progress in their faith before we say, yes, this person's a Christian. Yes, this person is bearing fruit. Yes, this person's of God. We don't give that time. And Jesus is saying, listen, just because someone says, Lord, Lord, does not mean that they are going to heaven. Just because they say. Jesus says there will be a day when every man will stand before him and give an account for his life. And they will make a profession with their lips And they will say, verse 21, and many will say, verse 22, Lord, we've done many things in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Does that not shock you and astonish you? It does me. That's pretty sobering. Just because a person says You know what John said? First John chapter one, verse six. I love this verse. John said, if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. John says, just because you say you're a Christian or you say you're walking in the light, if you're walking in darkness, John says, you're a liar. 
Now, now I, I, I love this verse. John is about 90 years old about this time when he's writing 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. About 90. And I, I can see that, and I found it true in my own life. The older I get, the, the older it seems, the older you get, the more blunt and frank you are. Doesn't it seem that way? You know, when you're young, you just, you, just, you know, when you're young, you, you, you care, people love you. And they just want to wrap their arms around you, and you want to impress them when you're young. But when you get old, you don't care. You just say, you know what? You're ugly and you're a liar. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? I mean, I find myself, the older I get, I have to admit, you know, this is confession time. I have to admit, I'm like that. I mean, the older I get, it seems the more blunt I get. And, and you know, especially when it comes to some, some boy calling my 17-year-old daughter at home. Oh, I'm going to be blunt. He call, you know, ring. Um, hello? Uh, yeah, uh, can I speak to Chanel? I'm like, oh, hi, hi, this is, this is Pastor Rodney. Y'all, y'all know I'm always nice. I, I'm nice about it, all right? Hi, this is Pastor Rodney. I'm Chanel's father, and I will kill you if you ever call back. <laughs> Love you, mean it. Click. Oh, I'm blunt. Come over to my house. Ring my bell. Who are you, and are you ready to die? Uh, see, I just, you know, the older you get, the more blunt you, you, you get. And John says, John says, and he says, look, if you say with your lips that you're walking with God and you're walking in darkness, you are a liar and your profession means nothing. Now, four things I want to give you if you're taking notes about their profession or about what they say. Number one, you want to notice that their profession was orthodox. Orthodox? What do you mean, Rodney? Well, orthodox simply means that what they said was right. It was correct. It was true. It was sound. They said, Lord, Lord. That's orthodox. He is the Lord. He always has been the Lord, and he shall always be the Lord. So their profession was orthodox. He is Lord. The Bible says he's Lord. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee, say it with me, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Their profession was orthodox. It was right. He is Lord, but just because a person says something, listen, it is possible to say the right things and believe the right things and not go to heaven. It is possible to say the right things, believe the right things, and not be saved. Oh, you remember, we talked about it. Three kinds of faith. The Bible teaches there's natural faith, right? For God has given every man a measure of faith, Romans 12, 3. The Bible talks about saving faith, Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Don't brag about it. There's saving faith. And then there's demon faith. Demon faith? What's that? James chapter 2, verse 19, the Bible says that the devils believe and they tremble. 
Man, you see, the devils say the right thing. You remember when Jesus came up and was casting the demons out of the pigs? What have we to do with thee, thou son of God? They say the right things and they believe the right things. The only difference is demons are smarter than most people because most people don't tremble. The demons know that Jesus died. The demons know that he rose again. The demons know that he's coming back again. They know this stuff and they tremble. People, they know it. Ah, get saved. I got a life to live. Getting saved and being a Christian for old people. I've heard it all. So it is possible to say the right thing and believe the right thing and fail to act on it. How many times have we heard people say, you say, hey, you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. Of course I believe in God. Then, yes, you have to define what God is for them. I mean, for some people, God is a head of lettuce. I mean, for some people, God is their bank account. God is their Lexus. I don't know, their house, whatever. But if you say to them, you believe in God, some people really believe in God that's in heaven. That's true. Some people have the right belief. Some people say the right things, and yet they aren't going to heaven. The difference is, why? Because they haven't committed their heart to the Lord. They haven't transferred those words and that belief into something that makes its way approximately 18 inches to your heart where you say, God, I commit my life to you, Lord. I give you my heart. I, I trust you, Lord, as my Savior. See, this is the difference. Listen, this is the difference between Christianity and every other world religion. Go do your homework. Here it is. Christianity is not about reciting and believing a certain creed. It's knowing and trusting Christ. Amen, saints? Christianity is about a person, not a system. A person, not a program. A person, not a set of rules. It's about Christ. It's all about him. Someone once asked, what is the Christian faith according to Christ himself? The answer is, it is Christ himself. It's Christ. Christianity is about a person. So you can have the right words, say the right thing, believe the right thing, and not commit your heart to Jesus Christ. Their profession, number one, was orthodox. Number two, their profession was fervent. Did you notice in your Bibles, look again, Lord, Lord. That indicates fervency. They said, Lord, Lord, with a lot of feeling and a lot of emotion, as if feelings and emotions were going to be enough to get them into heaven. Oh, how many people substitute shallow Emotional experiences for true faith in Christ. I did that for a long time. My Christianity got down to a matter of how I felt. Some days I didn't feel like a Christian. So in my mind, in my heart, I wasn't one because I didn't feel like a Christian. And don't misunderstand me. I don't think that God is emotionless. I believe God wants us to be fervent people. I believe God wants us to be fervent in our worship. 
I believe when we come together, look, it doesn't take Steve Leslie worship team and nobody else for me to be fervent about worship. I don't need all that. I can walk in the door, get my seat right about there, and I'm worshiping the Lord, man. I love fervency. I think God loves fervency when people worship him with fervency and excitement and with emotion. I think it's sad when you can go to a football game on Saturday and you act like wild Indians. Come to church on Sunday and they act like wooden Indians. First church of the frozen chosen. I don't No, That's not good. That's not good. God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth and with feeling and with emotion. But understand something. My faith cannot be based on my feelings. My faith must be based on the facts of the word of God. Not feelings. But fact, I've been down that path again as I didn't think I was saved. I didn't feel like I was saved because I didn't think I was saved because I didn't feel like I was saved. And how many times I didn't feel saved and because I didn't feel goosebumps or tingles. I didn't feel. You know, the Bible didn't say the just shall live by goosebumps and tingles. Amen, saints. The Bible doesn't say the just shall live by visions and voices and prophecies and a rhema word. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says what? The just shall live by faith. You know it. We live by faith. And we live by fact. The fact of the word of God says if you commit your life and your heart to Jesus Christ, that you are saved, whether you feel it or not. And when you settle that fact, guess what happens? The feelings follow. That's a whole nother sermon. The feelings follow. So your faith is based on fact, fervency, Lord, Lord. Man, think about it. Elders and deacons and pastors and pastors' wives and school teachers and missionaries and TV evangelists all in that day will say, Lord, didn't we do this and didn't we do that and didn't we help out with Fall Fest and didn't we give the Operation Christmas Child and didn't we go to India with India Outreach and preach to all of those people? Do you realize it is possible to do all of these things and not be born again? Oh, there's going to be surprises in heaven. People that you didn't think were going to be there. You're going to be like, what you doing here? And they're going to be like, no, what you doing here? (laughs) That is the question. Oh, yeah, there'll be some surprises in heaven. So who is going to heaven, Rodney? Look at verse 21 again in your Bibles. He that does the will of the Father. And what is the will of the Father? John chapter 6, verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So the will of God is not that you do good works or that you become a better person in the coming year. Uh, you New Year's resolutions are coming up. I know people are planning. I'm going to eat myself sick because in January, I got a New Year's resolution. No more chocolate. January 1st, that's it. No more chocolate. January 4th, (laughs) chocolate, 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 chocolate. The chocolate monster. (laughs) No, it's not about your New Year's resolution and your commitments to be a better person. That's not the will of the Father. 
the will of the Father is that you believe on him whom the Father sent. That will be Jesus. Third thing about their profession, their profession was based on works. Did you see that? Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied, cast out demons, done many wonders in your name? Oh, Lord, he was a man of God. He prophesied. He was a man of God. That doesn't prove a thing. Balaam prophesied and his heart wasn't right with God. Well, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Fast forward. Don't do it now. Do it later. Matthew chapter 10. When Jesus went, sent the disciples out, they went out and Jesus had given them power over demons. And guess who was with them? Judas was with them. They cast out demons. So what? And oh, we've done many wonderful works and miracles in your name. Well, so what? Miracles don't prove a thing. The Bible says in the last days that the Antichrist will come with signs and lying wonders. Miracles don't prove a thing. Satan can do miracles. Mo, go to Pharaoh. Take your rod. Throw it down. It'll turn to a serpent. Mo did it. Turn to a serpent. What happened? The Pharaoh called in his magic people and they took their rod and threw it down and it became a serpent. What does miracles prove? Lord, we did this and we did that and we did all of this in your name. You see, their profession was based on works. Lastly, about their profession, it was false. False? Yeah, look at verse 23. Jesus says, when they are standing before me, waiting on judgment, and they start to make a profession, Jesus says, I'm going to make a profession. I never knew you. In the Greek language, this literally means you were never my friend. I never knew you intimately. Remember Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. These guys, they're not his friend. He never knew them, which speaks to the whole issue of eternal security, by the way. Well, Rodney, is it once saved, always saved? I mean, what about that, Rodney? What do you think about that? I don't, I don't think about it, to tell you the truth, because I'm saved. I, I don't have to think about it. And, and generally, when people ask you that question, they just want to know how close to the fence they can walk before they lose their salvation and tip over. Like, hey, don't worry about it. Well, what about the person who made a profession and they came down, they cried and they had tissue? What about them? Well, Jesus said, I never knew you. He didn't say, I used to know you and now I don't. He never did. You can make a profession. You can say and believe and it not be real. This is the point that Jesus is making. There'll be a lot of surprises, as I said, on Judgment Day. I believe in the doctrine of assurance. That simply means that I'm saved and that I believe that I'm saved. I know that I'm saved and I know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I know that for sure. It's not about arrogance. It's not prideful. I know I'm going to heaven not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. Jesus said, if you're in my palm my hand, no man shall ever pluck you out. Oh, I'm confident I'm going to heaven. Not based on feeling, based on fact. Their profession, mm, it wasn't a real profession. Notice in verse 24 through 27, Jesus says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he's a wise man. 
These sayings are the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking about those Beatitudes, as I said. You're poor in spirit. You're mourned over sin. You're meek. You're hungering, thirsting after righteousness. You're a peacemaker. Jesus said if you listen to his words and allow that word to change your life, you are a wise person. I want you to notice something about these two men. Notice both men here. Both men build and both men are hit by the storm. Now, what distinguishes the builders is the foundation they chose to build on. That's it. One built on the rock, the other built on sinking sand. You see, when the storms came, the man with his house that was built on the rock, his house withstood the storm. But the one with his house built on sinking sand, the winds came, the storms came, and the house sunk. It fell. I never understand why people want to live on the beach. I don't understand that. As soon as Isabel comes, what happens? The houses sink. People are packing their stuff. Run, get over the bridge, get away. Why? Because if you build your house on sinking sand, when the storms come, your house is going to fall. Now, the storms in our text represent the temptations and the trials of life. Contrary to popular opinion, there are no storm-free zones in the Christian life. You only need to be a Christian for one week and you will find that out. Just because you're a Christian does not mean all of a sudden you're exempt from being hit by the storms of life and temptations and trials. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, when you become a Christian, you'll probably get hit with more storms and trials in life. It's like, oh, Rodney, man, this is going downhill, dude. I don't, I don't know if I want to be a Christian. <laughs> yeah. But see, the difference is when you're a Christian, Jesus is the one who is holding you up through the storms. Amen, saints? This, it's Jesus. See, I've been a Christian for 20 plus years now. And I can tell you, in my life and in my ministry, there has been a lot of stormy weather. But Jesus has held me up. Through every single one of them. And so we as believers, what's your storm this morning? What are you going through? Are you a believer? Have you committed your life to Jesus? And he's going to hold you up. Man, as a pastor, I've seen the difference in the life of a non-believer and the life of a believer and how they deal with storms. I've seen it. I've seen it at funerals. I've done funerals where the person who died, the family, and we didn't believe they were Christians. That person didn't live a life for Christ, and, 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 and it was terrible. It was hard and difficult for the family and difficult for the friends and because they weren't a believer. Maybe the family wasn't a believer, and they, and they didn't have any hope. But I've done Christ, Christian funerals, and it's more of a celebration Because they know that they know that they know, not based on feelings, but based on fact that that someday when I die, not if, but when I die, I'm going to be with my loved one in heaven. You see, that's the Lord holding you up through the storms. It's the Holy Spirit that holds the Christian up through the storms. And that's what it means to be building on a rock. 
It means to hear what Jesus says and to do what he says. You're building on the rock. But if you hear what Jesus says and you refuse to put it in practice, then you're building on sand. Building on the sand of self-righteousness, building on the sand of humanism, building on the sand of materialism and atheism and intellectualism, building on the sand of feelings, building on the sand of I do it my way. Frank Sinatra, I'm building on the sand of self. Jesus says, if you hear these sayings and you don't do them, you're building on sand. Everything depends on your foundation and what you're building on. And Jesus said at the end of this text, it was these words that shocked them. Man, it astonished them. What's your foundation? What are you building on? It was 1834, Edward Mote. He wrote this song, this hymn. I think you know it. It says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.